Hey, we'd like to wish everyone a very happy Memorial Day weekend, and we certainly want to thank everybody for their service. If you have family members or friends that have uh, given their life in service of this country, died in war, we honor you. Uh, I had an uncle that died in World War II out in the Marshall Islands, and he's buried in Punchbowl, Hawaii. And so um, we, uh, we, we honor all of our fallen, fallen soldiers, and we remember them and the awesome sacrifice they had. It's their sacrifice that helped keep our rights to have church and to believe God and the freedom of religion that we have. And so we thank each and every family and every family member that has so selflessly given their lives and service to, the, to our country and the military. And so we just, again, want to say thank you. I uh, want to remind you to uh, give, uh, continue to give tithes and offerings. We're helping out in the community, uh, do, taking care of lunch tabs and a many host of other things that we're involved in. And so uh, continue to do that. Your, your financing, your tithes and your offerings is going uh, certainly for good causes. And so having said that, I want to begin back in the series on verse 5. I hope you've been enjoying the series, uh, Our Good Shepherd, The Good Shepherd. We're going to pick up. Uh, as we typically do in the scriptures, but before we do, I've got it, uh, uh, the title of the sermon is in the form of a question today, and it's simply this, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? And I'll explain that a little more as I go in, but are you satisfied deep down in, inside? The Bible says in John 10 and 11, we're going to turn to Psalm 23 as we normally do, but on the screen we're going to have John chapter 10 11 says, I am the good shepherd, Jesus speaking, so again, we know the Good Shepherd is in fact Jesus. He declares himself to be the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, which is exactly what Jesus did. John chapter 10, verse 14 says, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Psalm 23, 1 through 6, New King James Version. Hopefully you're there now as you've had a chance to turn your Bibles. It'll be on the screen. And it reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's where we're going to pick up today. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you will, hold up your Bibles in whatever form you have. I'm recording from my phone today, so I can't hold it, but I'm just going to hold the imaginary Bible in my hand. Or I can just hold my computer. I've got it up. And so if you'll do that, let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for this opportunity to, uh, to be in your presence, to hear a word from you. I'm excited, Father God. You're going to speak to your people. You've got a right now word for them. And so, God, I ask you to speak to me, through me, God, and speak to everyone. God, anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let this seed be planted in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. Lord, I pray, God, you would anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray let the word of God, precious word of God, come straight from heaven through my lips to everyone listening to be exactly what is needed. God, I pray a fresh anointing be upon this time now. In Jesus' name, and everybody at your house, 
Shout out a good amen. All right, hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare. Father, today, this week, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. And if you're ready, just type in the comment section, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. We'll do a little T.D. Jakes. Amen. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So David is shifting gears here in verse 5 and imagery. We have come from green pastures. We have gone through still quiet waters. We've walked paths of righteousness. Like last week we talked about, we've gone through the death shadows. And we have progressed now to what is called the high table land. Uh, where God prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. And that leads me to point number one, and that is this. Our good shepherd will provide for you. Our good shepherd will provide for you. Table here, and you can see on the screen, means high land or a table of property or a table or a field in a high land. It's basically where a shepherd prepares a table for his hungry sheep. Table is synonymous with feast or provision. So when we talk about how he prepares a table for us, it is really uh, meaning that he is going to provide for us. He's, he's showing us how there's ample provision that he has made the way. And he's prepared that. The word prepare here means to arrange or put in order. So the shepherd had prepared this high land and he had gone before the sheep to make things ready. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, goes before us, prepares the way for us, and prepares a table of provision for us no matter what's going on in the world, including this coronavirus. He prepares our high table land, which is a symbol of the wonderful provision that he has. Folks, aren't you glad that God is not bound by what this world has to offer? He's not bound. He's not, as I did last week, he's not freaked out over coronavirus, COVID-19. He knows how he's going to provide for you. He knows how he's going to take care of you. He's already made the way. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you've been cutting your hours. Maybe you're wondering, what am I going to do? I want to tell you, our good shepherd has already provided. It's already done. He's already prepared. He knows what was going to happen, or he knew what was going to happen. He knows how to get you to where you need, and he's got a high table land for us. He prepares and anticipates for us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He shall direct your path. He'll direct you to where the provision is. He'll take care of you. Listen, you don't need to sit up in the middle of the night worrying and fretting. What am I going to do? How am I going to find enough to feed my kids? How am I going to do this or that? Listen, God already has that taken care of. All you've got to do is get in the presence of Almighty God. All you've got to do is follow His steps. Get in the Good Shepherd's path and follow. He will lead you to those places. Somebody shout amen. Just type in the box, amen. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and He delights in His way. Why would God order our steps? Because He's ordering us. He's leading us to where our provision is. God will take care of you. 
Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, goes out ahead of us. He has already been through everything that we are going to experience. He has already anticipated for us. He has already provided for us. The provision is there when we need it. Our part is that we have to access that provision through faith, prayer, and patience. So even though he's already provided, we still have to access that because he said he would meet our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So how do I access those, those needs? How do I get gain access to what he's already provided? It's through faith, prayer, and patience. Look on your screen. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 in the Amplified Version says this. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance. Boy, nobody wants to hear that. To bear up under, what does patient endurance mean? To bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what He has promised. He has promised us provision. It is up to us to walk in faith and patience to receive to the full all God has for us. So now we can relax in Him. We can have joy in Him. We can have peace in Him. There's a Spanish word, tranquilo. Tranquilo means, hey, tranquil, calm down, peaceful, relax. There's a new word for us today, hashtag tranquilo. Yes, just look to your neighbor and say tranquilo in Spanish. That's, 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 they say that to have somebody settle down. Hey, settle down, tranquilo. I think God's in heaven right now going tranquilo. I know there's COVID-19. I know there's coronavirus. But I'm still God and I'm still on the throne and I'm not dead. Hallelujah. And I can almost hear God in Spanish saying, Tranquilo, just chill out. God wants us to have joy in the journey, folks. Not just endure the journey, but enjoy the journey. Did you know that you can go through this coronavirus and actually enjoy the journey with God? You can go through tough times with God and still enjoy life. You don't have to just exist. You don't have to just weather the storm. You can enjoy the journey with God. He wants us to calm down and chill out. Luke 22, 31 through 32 says this, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail, may fail not. And when and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Basically, he's saying to Simon Peter and all of us, look, you're going to go through some rough places. Folks, if you signed up for Christianity and you thought, I'll never have another problem, you, it's, you've missed the boat. God never promises a problem-free life. There are going to be rough places in life. People are going to pass away. There is sickness out there. There's problems. This is, this, Satan is the God of this world. There's, there's, you're going to have rough places. And that's basically what Jesus is saying. Hey, Peter, uh, you're going to have some troubles. You're going to go through some places that you're not going to enjoy because of your adversary. He is telling him this. And he says, but don't worry. I'm your advocate. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. In other words... He's demanded permission, and because you have opened the door through sin in your life, it's a whole other sermon, he's going to get access. But don't worry, I'm going to pray for you. 
I want to tell you, there's some things we're going to go through in life. There are coronaviruses out there. There is flu and pneumonia. There, there's stuff in life. There, there are companies that maybe you work for that are going to go out of business and you're going to get a pink slip. Your kids are not always going to be the angels you thought they were going to be. Your marriage is not always going to be at the honeymoon level. There are going to be issues you're going to go through, but I've got good news for you. Our good shepherd's going to help you. He's going to help us through every one of us. Aren't you glad that when you go through the toughest of times that our good shepherd Jesus is praying for you? Check out this scripture, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Did you know that Jesus lives always to pray for you and I? Who wouldn't want to serve God like that? He prepares. That's repeatedly. The, the word prepare is continuous action. In other words, our good shepherd doesn't prepare for you today, but you're on your own tomorrow. He doesn't prepare for you this week, but next week you're on your own. He doesn't prepare for you for 2020, but 2021, you better figure it out because you're on your own. That's not the way he works. He prepares continuously. He prepares uh, food more than once. His supply never runs out. Think about this. He fed one to two million people in a desert for 40 years and they never got hungry. Now, they got tired of manna, but they never went hungry. Think about it. He fed one to two million people for 40 years in the middle of a dry, barren desert. What in the world could we possibly ever face that God couldn't take care of? He can provide and will take care of us. Daily, the Lord prepares food. He provides food daily because we get hungry. And that's why he said, give us this day our daily bread. He provides daily physical nourishment through food and sustenance. He provides daily spiritual nourishment through his word. He provides daily emotional and mental nourishment through his presence. No matter what you need, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, he will meet that need if you'll get in his presence. Hallelujah! He said, I love this, he said, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of my enemies. Before me, before me. Uh, just type in that word before me, before me. I, I want to take you somewhere. Uh, before me means for me. I have prepared, he said, I've prepared a table before you. Before you, before me. Just poke yourself right in the chest, right where you're watching this and say before me. Not a crowd, but me. He has me in mind. Remember verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. It's intimate. God is knowable. God is relatable. He's not the cause mean guy in the sky waiting for you to mess up so he can whip you with a bicycle chain. He is the God that wants to protect you and watch over you. He's, I'm getting funny looks from everybody in here. <laughs> um, he has me in mind. He said, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy, before you. He's a personal God. Me. That means you. You say, well, what? not me, Pastor, because you don't know what I've done. That, that, he didn't put a stipulation in here. God will take care of you. If you will draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Hallelujah. He said, in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? Well, of course we know wild animals and predators that would want to eat the sheep, but there was also poisonous plants in the fields. There were plants whose sharp thorns would penetrate the soft noses 
of those sheep and could cause sores. And so each spring, the shepherd would take his mattock out and he would dig out the poisonous plants, the ones with sharp thorns, the ones he could, and he would dig them all out and he would burn them in a pile and burn them up. Then his rod and his staff, as we talked about last week, would protect the sheep from predators. So now the pasture became a safe place for the sheep to graze. Now they could go in and eat with nothing poisonous in the field, with no, no, no sharp thorns ready to, to, to uh, cause a cut on their soft noses and create a problem. There would be no, no uh, uh, wild animals or beasts that would try to eat them. They could see them. They might even be able to see the sheep, but because the shepherd was there, they'd have to lie in wait, and they could see the sheep but not attack. I love that. The the predators could never touch them. Oh, how many times, how many trials and tribulations, how many troubles and problems and spiritual enemies has our good shepherd gone before and he has prepared the way? How many automobile accidents do you think God's ever protected us from? How many many ambushments that the enemy has planned against us only to have the Lord snuff it out and and cause us to sit down and, and, and just eat in his presence. How many times has, has things happened in life, almost happened that didn't, that you don't even know, not even aware of? I believe one day when we get to heaven, we're going to be keenly aware of all God protected us from that we didn't even know. Those sheep didn't know those poisonous plants were there. They didn't know all those plants with the thorns were going to cut them all up were there. The shepherds saw it, took care of it before they got there. The sheep are just eating. They don't, they're paying attention. They don't know there's a lion 20 yards away, ready to pounce on him, but he won't because the shepherd's in the field with him? How many times has there been enemies, spiritual enemies, all around you trying to devour you? And the good shepherd Jesus Christ is standing right there going, I don't think so, not today. <laughs> How many times has the enemy tried to plant a problem or car accident or an issue and ambush you and the Lord snuffed it out, dug it out, burned it up, and you didn't even know you weren't even aware? And maybe you go through a low time in life and you say, God, why aren't you hearing my prayers? God, where are you in this coronavirus? And I believe God's going, I've been around you the whole time. I have saved you from coronavirus so many times you can't even think straight. And maybe you did get it, but I didn't let it harm you. Maybe you've been around the flu or other disease, and I've, caused, I've dug that stuff out. There's been some demons lurking trying to get you, and I've, I've shooed them away too. I want to tell you, he is our good shepherd, and he has done more for us than we can ever imagine. Woo! This sh- just shout out good shepherd. Type it in the comments, in the chat. Good shepherd. Hallelujah. The good shepherd watches over us and protects us. The early American Indians had a unique practice of training young braves. On the night of their 13th birthday, after they'd been learning, hunting, and scouting, and fishing, they had one more final test. On this faithful night of his birthday, they would take him to a dense forest, put him out by himself to spend the night by himself in the woods. They'd blindfold him. They'd walk him several miles away from any of the camp, away from anybody, They would take the blindfold off and he'd be left in the dark woods all night by himself. He was terrified. At 13 years old, just terrified. The snap of a twig, he would imagine, oh boy, a leopard's going to eat me. A lion's going to get me. Whatever it was, a bear's going to maul me. And he imagined these wild animals getting him and he'd hear keenly aware of every little noise in the forest. And the, the night went on and it seemed like 
the longest night of his life. As the morning light first came in, he would see, begin to see the flowers and the trees, begin to see the forest and the path they walked him down. And as he began to gaze around, to his utter amazement, just a few feet from him, he saw the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow, and behold, it was his father. See, they didn't let him know he wasn't in a, that dense forest all night by himself. His father was standing right by him to protect him the whole night, and he didn't even know it. How many times, folks, have you prayed and said, God, why aren't you hearing my prayers? And maybe God's standing three feet from you saying, I am hearing them. How many times have you said, God, where are you? I can't feel you. And God's standing right there the whole time saying, I got you. How many times have you been in terror at the night, deathly afraid of the news reports of coronavirus or what the doctor may say, or maybe the job's going to let you go and you've been deathly afraid and you've been saying, God, where are you? And God's standing right beside you going, I got you. <laughs> You don't have to fear the dark. Because Psalm tells us we don't have to dread the arrow that fly by day or the pestilence by night. I want to tell you something. God's got you. He's standing by you the whole time. You are not alone. You're not in this alone. You're not by yourself. You're not left to figure this out. God is with you. Woo! Our good shepherd has our future prepared for us and he knows what to do through this pandemic. We are unsure about what's going to happen, but God will watch over us. He'll create a table for us. I want you to think about a table for just a moment. Now, it's raining cats and dogs here today. But I want you to think about something. You can be in the midst of a horrible thunderstorm, and you can be sitting down eating a nice meal at your dinner table. I, many times our family has done that. And we're calm and we're peaceful. And I mean the wind can be blowing the trees sideways. And lightning is flashing and thunder is cracking. And we're just eating, having a good time. Maybe we play a game afterwards. We're talking. We're at, it's as if there's no storm going on. We, don't, we might look out the window and notice it. But we're at perfect peace and we're perfectly relaxed. Why? Because I know we're in a house that can withstand the storm. I want to tell you that's how God intends for us to go through things like coronavirus. That while the world is in a panic and while the news and the media, they try to make you deathly afraid and terrified to go out of your house, God wants you to live your life without fear. It is possible to go through pandemics like this and be at perfect peace like you're eating at a dinner table in an awful thunderstorm. God, He intends for us to sit at peace. He has provided and prepared a table for us to eat and to sit and enjoy His presence and enjoy life and have peace and the fruit of the Spirit in the midst of the chaos that the world is in. That's how our Good Shepherd is. Somebody shout amen. Just type in amen in the chat box. Why does He cause us to eat in the presence of His enemies? Well, for Himself, because He wants to show your enemies and my enemies, that he cares and he will provide. He wants to do it for you, to celebrate your deliverance. Hallelujah. 
He wants to do it for your enemies because he wants to demonstrate his power over the enemies. He wants to do it for your peace so that, so, that, so that they can see you, but they cannot touch you. Man, I'm telling you, just like that lion may be lurking in the bushes, but he won't attack the sheep because the shepherd's there. How many times has there been evil spirits around us, but they couldn't touch us because we were covered in the blood of Jesus and we're covered by our good shepherd Jesus. Woo! For your testimonies. Your table tells others they can have one too. He said it. He anoints my head. Point number two is our good shepherd will protect you. It leads me to point two. Our good shepherd will protect you. Protect you. The expression anoint my head indicates abundance and divine favor. Again, he said he anoints my head. Notice the pronoun my. It's relatable, not the cup runs over. It's personal, not a cup runs over. It's not about parents' religion. He doesn't say, not my parents' cup runs over. It's not about pastor's religion, not the pastor's cup runs over. It's not about Sunday religion. It's not the church's cup runs over. It doesn't even say our cup, not our cup, because that means he only relates to me in a group. But he said, my cup. It is the singular, personal pronoun. God sees you for who you are and as an individual. My cup runs over. God is concerned about the one. He'll leave the 99 that are in the fold and go find the one that is lost. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And he sees you as an individual, not part of some group. The first reason for the anointing oil was healing. Sometimes the sheep would graze out there and it's head would get cut by a sharp edge of maybe a rock or a stone buried in the grass. There were briars to scratch them, thorns to cut them. And I want to tell you what a shepherd would do. As the sheep come into the fold for the night, he would examine each sheep individually. And if he saw a cut on their soft nose or on their body somewhere, he would apply anointing oil to heal the wound so it wouldn't get infected and cause a bigger problem. Our good shepherd notices that if your heart is broken, and he'll heal it. He notices if your feelings are hurt, and he'll apply his anointing oil and soothe it. He notices if you're tired and discouraged. Sometimes the burden of life is unbearable, but that's when our tender good shepherd will notice you. Yes, you. He cares about your feelings. He cares about what you're hurt about. And he will provide an anointing oil of healing that only he can provide and heal you. The second reason for the anointing oil is because of flies. Believe it or not, flies are, are some of the worst things that a sheep will deal with. Flies are the one thing that will irritate a sheep more than anything. Now, there were two types of flies in Israel. One was the common house fly. They would call it hill flies. That's like the flies that fly around our house or outside. But then there's the tiny fly called the nasal or the nose fly. That's the one that would just get a sheep all messed up. This fly buzzes around the head of a sheep trying to uh, deposit some eggs in the moist nose, right in the, in the nose area there, and it deposits eggs. Now, if the eggs sit there for two to three days, they will hatch. When they hatch, a worm-like larvae will climb up into the nostril and embed itself, and it will cause insane itching. Well, sheep weren't equipped with fingers like us. They can't reach their paw up and scratch the inside of their nose. They don't know how to get relief. They don't even know why 
that their nose is irritating them so bad, but it will literally drive a sheep up a tree. Literally. Listen to some of the things I learned. Sheep will literally run and hit their head on a tree trying to get some relief. They will run as hard as they can, thinking if they hit their head against the tree, they'll knock themselves out, trying to get relief from the itchy larvae, the flies in their nose. They will beat their head against a tree, and they will run until they're so exhausted they fall over. They'll run into the bushes, and they'll bury themselves here in such turmoil and suffering. They'll hide themselves in the bushes, and they'll, they'll be so irritated by these pests, they can't get rid of them on their own. They don't want to do. They'll run. They'll hide. They'll beat their head against the wall because these flies are irritating them. I want to tell you something. That's like a lot of people that used to go to church. You ever have been around somebody and you say, why can't this person just figure it out? Why do they keep beating their head against the wall? I'll tell you why. Spiritual flies have got in and are irritating them and they don't know how to handle it. You ever been around somebody that used to go to church and now they can't find their way inside the church door? Now, obviously, for a couple months, none of us were finding ourselves inside the church doors, but this will pass here soon and we'll be back in church. Have you ever been around somebody they were once faithful in church and now they, can't, they won't even leave their house? They won't go anywhere. They don't want to be around anybody. They don't want to go to church. You say, what is wrong with them? I'll tell you what's wrong. They got some spiritual flies on the evil side that is irritating them, and they don't know how to deal with it. The same thing that happens to a sheep happens to us. A sheep can't fix the flies and the eggs and all that on their own, and we can't fix the enemy and all the flies, the demon, demonic flies that are out there that tries to plant stuff all in our heads and inside of us. We can't fix it on our own either. We need a good shepherd to help us. So what happens? At the beginning of the fly season, I love this, shepherds mix up an oil concoction ahead of time called an anointing oil because they know flies are coming. See, the good shepherd's already preparing ahead of time. And when the fly comes back, he will not be able to plant and deposit eggs on the moist, on the, on the nose because there's an anointing oil there. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. The sheep become calm. Peace comes back into their life. The irritation that was once there is now gone because of the anointing oil. Pastor, why are you always preaching on get in the prayer closet? Why are you always saying get in there and worship? Why get in the Word of God? I'll tell you why. Because when you get in the presence of our Good Shepherd Jesus, when you get in His Word and you will let the Word feed you, and you start worshiping, and you start praising, oh, the Holy Spirit comes down upon you and anoints you. And when spiritual demonic flies try to come and lay their eggs inside of you and try to irritate you, they can't find a home. Woo, 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 hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Just type in glory right there. Woo. Irritations come our way. Other people, circumstances, situations, and we can't fix them on our own. But when we pray, that's when the Holy Spirit comes on us. That's when the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost comes on us. And guess what? The enemy can't plant his little nasty eggs, those eggs of lies, those eggs of deceit, those eggs of, of lust and perversion, those eggs of all kinds of sin that can't take root, that can't stick because the anointing all will not let them stay. The irritations won't seem to be bothering it like, like water of a duck's back. It doesn't seem to take root anymore. Peace will come back in because of Jesus Christ. Did you know Christ means anointed. Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. 
So when you're in the presence of Jesus, guess what? The anointing comes on you. We need to get in the presence of our good shepherd every day so that the irritations of the coronavirus will not drive us crazy. So that the irritations within our relationships will not cause us to butt heads with one another. So that the irritations of the doom, gloom, and despair will not sink us into depression. So that the irritations of the economy will not leave us hopeless. I want to tell you, our good shepherd has prepared everything we need. The third reason for the anointing oil was for scab disease, S-C-A-B. This is an infectious disease. <laughs> You're going to get a kick out of this. Get ready. You ready? Look over the neighbor at your other side of the couch and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm feeling a little T.E. Jake spirit on me today. Here we go. The sheep get scab disease by rubbing heads together. Be careful who you rub heads together with. Beware, because if you start rubbing heads with the wrong one, you'll end up with their disease. The disease of negative attitude. The disease of wrong motives. The disease of a lying tongue. The disease of a manipulative idea. The disease of murmuring. The disease of criticalness. The disease of a poor attitude. The disease of gossip. I'm telling you, who you rub heads with is who you're going to become. Listen, parents can tell when their child's friend is no good for them because the child's attitude and behavior changes. If you're new to parenting and you're wondering what in the world is going on with my kid, they have lost, they have fallen off the wagon and hit their head something. They, I don't know, something's possessed them. What is wrong with them? Start checking out who their new friend is because that new friend is spreading their nasty attitude on your kid and that's why your kid is now being rebellious, being disrespectful. I want to tell you something. If you see signs that your kid's gone crazy, look who their new friends are because that's probably where it is. Oh, be careful who you're butting heads with. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. Birds of a feather flock together. Watch who people rub heads with. Now, I'll tell you a little trick that, trick that pastors know. I can tell you what kind of spirit comes in the door when I watch who they gravitate to in the church. Who they rub heads with is how quickly I know what kind of spirit they got. See, the Holy Spirit will come, though, and with the anointing oil, he'll take care of those scab diseases. Wow. It's all about getting in the presence of God because our shepherd is the only one with the oil. He's the only one that can heal. He's the only one can help. We can't fix ourselves. And that leads me to this. He said, my cup runs over. I want to ask you again, are you satisfied? Here, I'm going somewhere. Stick. I want you to lean up on your couch. Lean up on the edge of your bed or the edge of your car, and I want you to focus with me for just a couple of minutes. Point three is this. Our good shepherd will satisfy you. Satisfy you. Cup runs over. Did you know that means satisfaction? My cup runs over means satisfaction or fulfillment. Again, he said my. Notice the personal pronoun again, mine. He's concerned about me being satisfied. Watch this. My cup of contentment, my satisfaction, my joy. Have you ever truly been satisfied? I mean, really. Not, not craving anything more. Not craving and wanting the, the next newest house or the next newest car or the greatest new job or the next new relationship. Have you ever truly, and I'm just asking you a question for you to examine your heart. Have you ever really truly been satisfied within yourself? 
Or are you like Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones? I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. Because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no ba-ba-bum. I can't get no ba-ba-bum. Are you like Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones? You can't get no satisfaction? Listen, if you're not satisfied deep in your soul, listen, here's why. Because you're not being satisfied by the Good Shepherd. Because he said he'll satisfy till our cup overflows. Other things will leave you wanting more. But the Good Shepherd's presence will always leave you satisfied. Notice what the Good Shepherd does not, in closing, offer you. He doesn't offer you an empty cup. He didn't tell you, well, go fill your cup yourself. He doesn't offer you a half-filled cup. Oh, you get some, but it leaves you wanting more. Here's the surprise. Are you ready? Are you looking at me? Look at me now. Look at me. Watch this. He doesn't even offer to fill your cup to the brim. See, the law required exact fulfillment, but grace gives abundantly more. Uh Uh-uh. He said your cup will overflow. Did you know it is possible? Listen to me. It is possible for you to live this life and have a life overflowing with satisfaction deep inside. John 10.10 says this, amplified version. I came that they may have and enjoy life. And watch what it says. And have it in abundance. To the full. Till it overflows. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to the power that is work within us. You can be satisfied. Are you burnt out? Are you weary today? Are you dissatisfied? Can you really search your heart and say, I'm truly satisfied? Do you need joy back? Do you need irritations to be gone? Do you need healing or contentment or peace? God wants to give it to you, not to the brim, but to where it overflows like like too much coffee overflowing the cup into the saucer. I have a question for you as we close, and there'll be a few scriptures up, because I want to ask you this. It's a serious time right now. For the next minute or two, I want you to give me your undivided attention. What fills your life? Is it negative things? Is it gossip? Is it fear? Is it disappointment? Hurt? Anger? Bitterness? A lying tongue, rebellion, perversion, lust. Did you know you can be filled with other things? You can be filled with salvation. Psalm 116, 13. Look, there's a few scriptures are coming on the, on the screen right now. Psalm 116, 13. I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Did you know you can be filled to overflowing with the salvation of God? You can be filled with joy. Acts 14, 17. Satisfying. Look what it says. Satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Why would anybody not want to serve a good shepherd and a God like this that wants to satisfy your heart with food and gladness? How about peace? Romans 15, 13. Look look on the screen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow 
with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God's offering us. Also, one last one. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Are you really satisfied today? What do you want to be filled with today? Would you like to be satisfied in Him? Where you don't crave all the stuff you've been chasing your whole life, but you crave Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. But you can be filled with his peace, his joy, his salvation, his spirit. To where you're overflowing in the abundance of real life in him. So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to close your eyes. The first person I want to pray for, you would just bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at. First person I'd like to pray for is... uh, if you're here and you're listening, or you're not here in this place, but you're listening online, wherever you're listening from, and you say, Preacher, I've kicked this tires on this church thing for a while now. I've kind of checked out this Christianity thing for a while now, but I, I've never really given my life to the Good Shepherd. And I, I didn't realize how much I was missing out on. I want my cup to overflow. I want my life to overflow. That's you. I want to pray a simple prayer with you. Would, would you do that? I want you to simply pray. Just Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs, all my sins. I ask you to wash me in your precious blood that I may be clean inside. And I want to be And I receive full satisfaction in you right now. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If if that's a prayer you just prayed, I would like for you to text the word believe to the number on the screen. We want to reach out to you and we want to connect with you and give you some tools that are going to help you. You can just, you'll see the number on the screen, text that to us. We, We do want to reach out, give you some materials and help you out. But for those of you that are saved, maybe you're here and you say, man, Pastor Dallas, I've I've given my life to Jesus. But the fact of the matter remains is, I I can't say my cup's overflowing. I want to be overflowing with satisfaction in Him. I'm tired of running after other stuff that don't satisfy, don't fulfill. If that's you, I want you just to hold your hands up because God's going to provide for you and God's going to protect you And God's going to satisfy you. Those are my points today. Are you satisfied? Here's the good news. You can be right now. Are you ready? Hold your hands out to receive. I just want to bless you if you'll allow me. Heavenly Father, I bless each and every person watching this right now to receive your provision. Receive your protection. Receive, Father, your satisfaction. God, may it be that you satisfy each and every person watching this right now. And as they pray this sincerely, may their lives overflow. May they truly say, my cup overflows with satisfaction from the Lord. May their cup overflow with satisfaction of joy, 
of peace, of hope, of the Holy Spirit, of salvation. Father, I just speak blessing over each person right now, and I pray when this prayer is done right now, they will sense, they will feel it, that overabundance, overflowing over the brim of the cup, out into the saucer, out all around, my cup runs over type of blessing to receive from the Lord right now in Jesus' name. And everybody shout it out right there in your living rooms. Amen. Amen. Can we take a praise break? Can we just say praise God? Praise Him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise your good shepherd. Oh, God, I praise you, Lord. I thank you that you're my good shepherd. I thank you that you're my, you care about me, and my cup overflows with your satisfaction in life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that uh, you've been very blessed. Uh, if you're watching this by uh, Facebook or however, uh, we would love for you to, you can type in the word connect. We'll reach out to you. Or if you're new, type in the word new. You, or not in the chat, but you'll see the number on the screen. Text that word new or connect to us and we'll reach out to you. Uh, we bless you. We thank you. We have devotions that go on. Stick with us. Read our emails. Uh, read the texts that come out. Um, we, we're, I think we're at about a 70% open ratio, so 30% of you are getting emails, and then you may not know what's going on in the church because you're not opening the email. We want you to open the emails, open the emails, watch the videos, there's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's Facebook. We got stuff going everywhere, and uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to meet in person. We love you, God bless you, have a great Memorial Day tomorrow.